in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. Through him all things were made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Morning, church. Welcome back, Callum. So good to see you. Been away for six months on deployment. Back. Yay. Thanks, man. In uh, church world, church life, uh, being a pastor uh, brings you all sorts of experiences. Most of them are amazing. All of them are amazing. Should qualify that. Some of them feel amazing, and others not so. You see, life needs compassion. Jesus is compassion. And life needs us to stand in the gap for people. I received a phone call about 6pm before a 7pm start for youth one Friday night. I was a youth pastor. The call was from my senior pastor. I knew him well. He had four boys. And he simply said, uh, and I won't use the name, but he said, my wife is ill. I've taken her to the hospital. Can you bring the boys home after youth? No worries, I said. And after youth, I learned that the situation had worsened and medical decisions were made to take the pastor's wife to a hospital that was an hour away, to a larger hospital. We made sure someone was looking after the boys, and I set off for the hospital. And as I entered the ICU waiting room, I was a bit nervous. I had no words. And over the next many hours through the night, we sat together. Periodically, my senior pastor would go into the ICU and spend some time. And this precious and beautiful 38-year-old lady passed early in the afternoon of the next day. My senior pastor lost his wife. Jesus is compassion, and we are meant to represent his compassion, even when we don't know what's going on, and especially when we do not have words. Can I ask you to go to John 11, please? We want to pick it up at verse 32. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you'd been here, 
my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Well, come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. That sound familiar? Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odour, for he's been there four days. I want to say God's intervention always removes a bad odour. Compassion and intimacy, one run closely together. In verse uh, 38, we see Jesus is deeply moved, and back in 35, so moved that he cried for his friend. And we're talking about the saviour of the world here. Thinking it through, uh, the idea of intimacy with God and understanding the compassion of God is a very good study for us to have. A good thing for us to to dig in a little bit for the next uh, 20 minutes or so. I think we'll reveal some aspects of the closeness of our relationship with God also in the way that God deals with real concerns. And it gives answers to why we feel the way that we do at times. Intimacy refers to a feeling of uh, being close, a closeness, the personal association of belonging together. And I can see in the passage here that the primary engagement or relationship behind the action is intimacy that translates to compassion. There's the relationship first and compassion is a result There's something relational. Jacob shared with us the relational aspect in giving. So appropriate. It's God is above all and in all. True? And so in every aspect of life, God first. There's a miracle about to take place. Lazarus will have new life. The encounter later records that he comes back to life in verse 44. Dead for four days. An odour. But then no odour. And I want to look at the relationship behind the miracle. So to be intimate is to be a person with whom one has a closeness or a timely and genuine relationship connection. Either a close friendship, a deep connection that transcends mere acquaintance. So I also believe that always 
there's a time aspect to life, including this intimacy and relationship. We know what it is to have an appointment or an arrangement for a meeting. We understand time pretty well. A 2.30 visit to the dentist. Uh, Every day there's 24 hours. That's 1,440 minutes. And that translates to 86,400 seconds and every one of them is a precious gift from God. Time is real for us. It only takes one of those seconds to activate compassion. And time is something we feel we never have enough of. Yet we give it away, actually, so easily. Someone once said, time's free, but it's priceless. You can't own it, but you can use it. You can't keep it, but you can spend it. And once you've lost it, you can never get it back. Time might actually be our most precious resource. It's perishable, but it's irreplaceable. And here's the thing, time comes and it goes and we don't want to miss what God's got. In verse 35, that famous verse, shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Jesus gets emotional, which is a product of his great desire here. He exercises passion and he feels the emotion. And it all happens in real time. A real event with real emotions. He has compassion for a friend. But there's a move in his spirit as he's faced with a human interaction that becomes transcending. Jesus weeps also for us if we miss the time of our appointment with him. If we miss the opportunity to draw near to him if we fail to see and to hear and to feel a movement of the Spirit, if we fail to recognise the move of God in our lives, if we miss his impact, we miss his call sometimes and his blessing as well. You see, time is important regardless of what subject we might be speaking of, but in context of compassion, time comes and time goes the need for compassion may be a now need. So, first point, there's an impact to the special times we can show compassion just as Jesus did. And it happens in real time. The second thing that I'd like to say is that there's a heart response to sharing God's compassion for others. Jesus desires we have a heart that shares the ups and downs of life and gives compassion. He wants us to share in the joys and the sorrows of others. He does not want us to be selfish without concern for others. And Jesus would have us now provide the heart of compassion that he exampled when he walked on the earth. Jesus showed a genuine heart and concern for people. Simple fact, Jesus had compassion. And now he's given this responsibility to us to show compassion and stand in the gap for others. You see, our God wants us to be happy when others are happy and not to be jealous of the blessings of others. 
He wants us to share in the difficulties of others and develop his heart of compassion for those who are in need of our support. In Romans 12 and 15, it says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. This heart response comes when we know the truth about Jesus. Jesus truly is the Lord of all. We will see that in this passage. We are enabled to give compassion as God desires when we draw upon the rich favour of God. Relationship with God, understanding of who Jesus, who God is, places us with the empowerment to be compassion for those who have need. It starts with Jesus and it just flows through his people. There's a discourse back in the last section of the scripture in John 11, verses 17 through 27. Check it out. I want to draw attention to just one part. Martha had a heart response in her understanding of who Jesus really is. In a nutshell, Martha got it. This lady recognises Jesus, recognised who he is. And they're in the middle of a conversation. Heart responses are often just plugged into normal life, day-to-day conversations. Look at verse 25. Jesus said to her, it's a declaration. Look and read those words in your mind. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Here's the kicker. Do you believe this? And here it is. What a response. In verse 27. Yes, Lord, she said. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And Martha told Jesus, essentially, yes, Lord, I believe that you are Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. It's a confession of faith, isn't it? What a confession of faith. On the back of an understanding of the truth and this changed Martha's life. This is an encounter. It changed her life, but it gave her life. Did it not? Because within the longer discourse, apparently knowing this truth struck some kind of hope within Martha. Knowing the truth sparked the hope for her. Faith will always translate to hope. Exactly what she might have been expecting, uh, maybe she didn't even know. It was hope. She hadn't written the script, so she didn't know what was coming next. Whatever help was available, I believe her faith said was on its way. help would be given. In my experience, often that help is just a comfort, a settling. My hope in Jesus brings me confidence 
to know that he's got it. He's got it. Here, faith and trust were in Jesus. And it provides the pathway for the compassion to intersect. The carrying of hope and faith and life. And in this passage, new life was coming. Compassion is a seriously strong gift that we have to share with others, is it not? And it comes with faith in Jesus Christ. I've known a number of people who've tried to give compassion outside of Christ. And that is a seriously good effort. Seriously good effort. It's great. But in Christ, you add faith. You have hope. And I concede that precious emotions can come from all humanity. We're all capable of certain levels of compassionate responses. I remember several instances where I've felt such an overwhelming sense of compassion. And in our humanity, we usually don't know what to say or do. When I entered that ICU room on that night, I didn't have any words. I might have said, I can't remember. I was in such a state. But we looked at each other and he realised that I had left the comfort of my home and got to where he was and I just was with him. I was just with my senior pastor. Compassion may often leave you speechless and that's okay because compassion is not talking but it has beautiful sounds. Having a compassionate moment with someone who needs you with them or with them in the sense of relationship that we've discovered is so tightly linked to compassion, intimacy, a strong and binding something Uh, relationship, friendship. I got another phone call. And it went something like this. Timmy, who's seven at the time, is sick and we're at the hospital and it's not good, Gary. I guess I was on the phone for 15, 20 seconds. That's, That's all it was. So I got dressed, put shoes on, and I was gone. Another kind of 45-minute trip. A drive to the hospital. Different context. I was getting out of the car when my mobile rang again. 45 minutes later. We've lost him, Gary. Timmy's dead. I simply said at that stage, I'm coming, mate. And so two minutes later... I'm walking towards the parents of this uh, young boy. Strong, fit man. His wife, a CrossFit trainer. 
and they just put their arms out. And I can remember I didn't have words then either. It might have been the hardest moment of my life. I knew with all my heart it was so much harder for them. I knew these people. And I think in the context of that moment, I got to know them even better. But I knew them. And they were precious to me. I had no words, I said nothing, no way of remembering even what may have been said. But it doesn't matter because words are not compassion. I don't see too many words from Jesus in this context, in the passage. The words that he did deliver were the the words of revelation of who he is. True? The action of Jesus being there in that moment reminds me that Jesus is compassion. Wow. And it just happens. Not sure if we plan for it. We can plan to be available, but ultimately the relationship just takes over when compassion is needed. I want to say, this is the third thing, that Jesus is compassionate and understands what our needs are. The beauty of our relationship with the sovereign God, with the deity of Jesus, is that he knows what we don't. And sometimes, I might add, he feels what we can't feel. And I'm using there Isaiah 53. Despised and rejected my by mankind, a man of suffering, familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. This is a person who knows how to be compassionate. Our Lord was despised and rejected. He experienced all of those emotions. He was a man of sorrows, familiar with suffering, And it really is a great truth that Jesus understands us perfectly, both in deity and in flesh. Isn't that beautiful? So when we go through deep and troubling experiences, and we probably will, when life deals us a curveball, Jesus is moved in compassion. It's true that Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. That's true. He knew him. This also is true. We are friends of Jesus. Isn't that great? Lazarus was a friend, but so are you and I. And here is a massive encouragement that should really stick when we just make the statement that Jesus is the compassionate one. He is who he says he is. And if we go back into the passage, we find that Mary is not yet in the conversation. And Martha calls her sister Mary. And sometimes the little bits are really important. I want to point this one out to you. In verse 28, Mary refers to Jesus as the teacher, the teacher. 
it announces the authority of Jesus. The teacher, the definite article, the, is really important here. Jesus wasn't just a teacher. He was the teacher. And that means to Martha, Jesus was the supreme teacher, the master, the Lord, the teacher of all men. And she added, the teacher, you see the whole, ver- uh, the whole sentence, is somewhere. The teacher is here. In other words, the answer that we need is here. It's now. It's available. The one who can give us the help we need has now come. The teacher who can teach us how to meet all of our needs, our troubles, our trials, our sorrow and hurt, our loneliness and the emptiness that we sometimes feel. The author of compassion is here. And Martha said, the teacher is calling for you. Jesus calls and summons you. He wonders where you are and why you haven't come. And he wants you now. If we read verses 29 and 30, uh, when Mary heard this, um, before I say it, just look at what did she do? She got up quickly and went to him. And now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. And what we need in order to receive and to give compassion is to make the right response to Jesus. If we want to be the person to stand in the gap, if we want to be the person to stand when sometimes it doesn't feel like we can stand, we need to go to Jesus. Go to where he is. And sometimes that means to turn and run towards him. The response of getting up quickly and running to him seems to have been a massive part of this engagement. Our God wants to show compassion, desires to have us return to him, to come to him. Jesus longs for us to turn from whatever has distracted us and to repent and come to him because he loves us. There's grieving going on in her house. Others are there in the house with her. And in verse 32, Mary goes outside and sees Jesus and falls at his feet. Falls at his feet. And this engagement Mary has with Jesus is enough to stir her into action. I believe it should ignite us, any of us, into similar action. It's the truth of who Jesus is that makes the difference for Mary. It made the difference for Martha, didn't it? Hope and expectation ignited a passion in her heart. And in verse 35, we see Jesus' response, the most famous verse in in many languages, We don't have to say, you know, Jesus is compassion. It's enough to say Jesus wept. True? He goes about resurrecting Lazarus. And our experience of compassion is based on the reality that God is compassionate. 
Amen to that. He just is. And we see the reality in this encounter. Jesus is involved. Martha has recognized him. Mary has encountered him. Now, the four people, Jesus, Martha, Mary, Lazarus, all knew each other. But after this event, they knew each other differently. True? Because all of life has encounters and events that change our perspective on life. When Jesus is involved in those encounters and events, it changes us for the better because faith adds hope. Compassion is real in real time. It's a response of the heart. It comes because Jesus understands us and he is the originator and the provider. He is the creator and he is the sustainer to our every need and our equipper. He equips us to sometimes step into the gap for those who need compassion. Can I ask you to stand, please? We're going to pray. Lord, you are great. You're great in compassion. You're great in love. We ask you to give us your compassion for others. Help us to stand in the gap for people. God, we don't know what will happen today or tomorrow. Tomorrow. 